Thank you for listening to the First Christian Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. Here you will be able to listen to all of our Sunday morning sermons. Be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss a sermon. Enjoy today's message. They did a study and they were comparing identical twins. And they were comparing one identical twin was sedentary, was not active, didn't do much. And the other identical twin was active, exercised, worked in a, in a job that made him active. And what they discovered was, and they were surprised at, was the brain activity, the decision-making skills, the memory capability of the sedentary twin was greatly reduced. But the one that was active, that was engaged, was involved, grew in, in, in his brain activity. And what they also discovered, which we all know, is that, that if we're sedentary, if we are not active, if we are not engaged, our muscles go quickly into atrophy. Because we were created to serve. And if you've been with us in this series, and if you're joining on, with us online for the first time today, we're in a series called, What on Earth Am I Here For? What's my purpose in life? And we've talked about our purpose and how God created us for his pleasure in worship, that God formed us to be a part of his family, active in his body. Last week, we talked about being, do you remember? You guys that took notes, do you remember what our third purpose was? Anybody get us started? That's why I give you notes. We were created to be made into the image or the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's part of our purpose, to grow and to be transformed and to be changed. Today we're going to look at being shaped for serving God. Every one of you are shaped for serving God. As I was out in the foyer in the lobby today, somebody asked me, I said, I've been painting, I bought a house, and I'm painting right now. And and the person said, well, are you one of those persons that hate painting, or do you like it? It kind of relaxes you. Well, I'm one of those people that kind of can listen to a podcast and kind of paint along, and I like it. And and he said, well, I'm not that. And And I said, well, good. Because we're not all created to be the same. If you try to make people in your mold, guess what? They will not fit. Because they weren't created to be molded by you. They are created to be molded and shaped by God. And God, they have gifts that you don't have. Ephesians 2.10 says it this way. Paul wrote, wrote the church at Ephesus and he said, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. There is work to be done, and you were created to do that work. In Job chapter 10, verse 8, Job wrote, wrote well, actually said this, and it's recorded, Your hand shaped me and made me. You were fashioned by God for a purpose. Now, Rick Warren, years ago, in the Purpose Driven Life, and I love this, he created this acronym called SHAPE. And SHAPE, S-H-A-P-E, stands for certain things in our lives. And the first one is spiritual gifts. 
If you're in Christ, you have a spiritual gift. If you look in Romans 12, if you work for, look at 1 Corinthians 12, you are gifted by God. You have a spiritual gift. But also you have a heart. You have a passion in your life. Maybe it's children. Maybe it's youth. Maybe it's teaching. Maybe it's mechanical. Maybe it's baking. I don't know. But, I, but, but those things are created to be certain. Maybe it's for abused people, abused women, abused children. I don't know what it is, but God placed a passion in your heart. But also you have abilities. And abilities shouldn't be confused with spiritual giftedness. Abilities might be uh, painting, it might be mechanical, like I said, it might be baking, it might be athletic, it might be musical. You don't want me leading music. Dan did a great job with his team today. I, I'm not, that is not me. We are in trouble if I'm leading singing. Just saying. Also, we all have different personalities. Some of us are introverted. Some of us are extroverted. Some of us never meet a stranger. And some of us never want to meet a stranger. Some of us uh, are get up in the morning and we say, thank you, God, for this day. And others of us get up and say, ugh, it's another day. But we all have different personalities. And finally, we all have different backgrounds, different histories, different experiences in our life that we bring to the table in service for God. Peter writes it this way in 1 Peter 4.10. Each has received a gift. Use it not to make money, but to use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. We were created to serve each other. Jesus said in Matthew 20, 28, he said, your attitude must be like my own, for I did not come to be served, but to serve. And I believe when we serve, we receive way more than what we give. Now hear this, your shape determines your ministry. Your shape determines your ministry, but your attitude determines your maturity. So my question would be, what's your attitude in relationship to service? Would you be able to pick up a mop or a broom or a toilet plunger or a toilet brush and serve in that way? What does it take to be used and to learn to serve like Jesus? If we're followers of Jesus, then we will serve like he did. Serving like Jesus, and I've got three ways this morning, means being available. Means being available. So how are we available? Notice what Jesus did in Matthew chapter 20, verses 30 and 32. It says, two blind men shouted, Lord, have mercy on us. Can you imagine Jesus walking around along with his apostles and some of his crowd and hearing, Lord, have mercy on us. And Jesus stopped. Now, wouldn't it be interesting to study scripture and look at the places Jesus stopped? And he called them, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Jesus was available. 
In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 28, it says, Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again. Tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. When you have the capability to stop and help, and you got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because maybe there is something you need to get done. But at the same, maybe that's a divine appointment to stop. And, and there's a balance in ministry that goes on of stopping and getting things done at the same time. I'm a, a checklist guy. I like to get things done. And so at times, those interruptions, I have to stop and check my own attitude. This John Wesley quote is in my office and been there for years. Doug Weatherston actually calligraphied it, and I bought it at one of the uh, cornerstone, uh, what, what do you call those? Craft fairs, yeah. And it's this, John Wesley's motto was this, do all the good you can, by all the means you can, by all the ways you can, in all the places you can, and at all times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. So be a do-gooder. Do good. If you're already do-gooder, be the do-good-est, the best. Keep doing good. Jesus said, don't be weary in well-doing. So the question then becomes, what keeps us from being available? What keeps you from being available? Here are three common barriers. Availability barrier one, self-centeredness. Our desire to take care of our stuff, that's not something, that's theirs to do. That's someone else's. That's not me. Paul writes the Philippians and he says, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. How can I help you? Forget yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. Now, most of us, maybe in our age and in our culture, we want to put do do not disturb signs on our lives. We want to stay in our lane. And sometimes you need to stay in your own lane, just like I do. It's not my business, not my problem. But other times when I can be of help and of service, I need to be like a concierge. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Concierge in a hotel. If you've ever stayed in a nice hotel, if you've ever done price and you got a cheap motel for $25 or a nice, super nice hotel for $25 a night, I've, I've done that before. And they've had concierge. And you can go down, you can ask him, where's a good place to eat? Where, where should I order my pizza from? Uh, what's available in the area? Can you get me a car or a taxi or whatever it is? And they're there to help in any way. And it's so cool. You'll say, well, they're paid to do that. Well, yeah, they are. But in our lives, our opportunities to serve, when we see them, when the Spirit reveals them to us, and we stop, like Jesus stopped, and made herself available, we need to stop and help people wherever we can. The other availability barrier is perfectionism. Some of us are perfectionistic. We we don't only do it well, we do it to perfection. In fact, we go back, if we don't think we did it good enough, we we tear it back down and we do it over and over again. Now, in Ecclesiastes 11.4, it says, He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. In other words, if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. 
Now, I've been trying to paint outside this, this last week, and I've painted the last couple days, and, you know, it's kind of cold out, and there was some moisture, and it might have rained, I think, was it Friday night for Saturday morning? And I was thinking, well, you know, it might not be, it's not maybe the best conditions, because I didn't want to go out in 34 degree and paint or scrape. But I did. Because we may not get the perfect conditions, but we got to take the conditions that we have and make the best of those conditions. Have you ever heard of the good enough principle? Uh, Craig Rochelle at the Global Leadership Conference said it this way, get mo, get mo. Say get mo with me. That's pretty good for the first time, get more. And, And what that means is good enough to move on, get mo. Some of us need to learn, especially if we're perfectionistic, that it can be good enough to move on, and that's hard for us. Now, the third availability barrier is this materialism, that we don't stop and be available because we're too busy making money and working, and so we're not never available for anyone, our family, for, for our friends, for, for things. I had a friend... Uh, just die a couple of weeks, or, well, I was at his funeral Monday morning, one of my best friends from college, and I was thinking, I hadn't talked to him in eight years, and I was feeling conviction. And he was one of those guys, and I've always said this, that I could call him at any time, hang out with him, hunting buddy, and, uh, and we'd just catch up just like that. And I just assumed that he was going to be around. And he died in a diabetic coma, and so I was at his funeral, and I was taking stock of that relationship and how available I was and whether I took the time. And, and just a phone call to say, hey, how are you doing? And so I was feeling a little guilty, and I was reevaluating my relationships and friendships in, in, in the sense of availability as I was preaching this sermon. Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 16, verse 13. He said, no servant can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and money. And so we need to find that balance. Obviously, we've got to work, but also we've got to be available. Now, the second point in serving like Jesus is this. Serving like Jesus means being grateful. Serving... And it was just amazing. Dan, your song set today was just amazing to me because that second song about uh, uh, this is the day the Lord has made is all about being grateful. And, and, and this one of the scriptures will reveal this. But look at John chapter 11, verses 41 and 42. This is Jesus at Lazarus' tomb. And, and John writes, So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for what you, that you've heard me. And I knew that you always hear me, but I said this out loud, basically, on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. Isn't that amazing that Jesus was thankful that God heard him? Now, he was the Son of God. Perfect man, perfect God. There's no other like him. And he thanked his father for hearing him. But this is amazing. Damn. Psalm 102. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. You could say, serve the Lord with a grateful heart. And Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, he, he, he writes, 
who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. If you're in Christ Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, let's just go back to what Jesus did for us, that we can be truly grateful that we are saved by grace through faith, that we responded by to the gospel of grace because of Jesus's sacrifice for us. Now, there's some gratefulness of barriers in our lives, and, and we need to be careful of those. And one of those is comparisons, that we make comparisons of, with other people. My friend's wife called me while I was painting last weekend and said, hey, d- did you know that Jeff had passed away? This is my friend. And I said, yeah, I was hoping to to uh, get to talk to you. And you know how funerals are, that you go through the visitation line and there's not enough time. You go to the funeral and, and then... You know, but she, she told me what had happened and, and shared with me. I just felt, you know, that he, I wasn't his best friend probably, but we were friends. And he had a multitude of friends. Over 200 people came to his funeral because he knew how to do friendship well. And he kept in touch with everyone. Now, I'm not a social butterfly like that. I, I, I consider you all my friends, and I love you dearly. But, but to keep those relationships going like he did was just amazing. Just amazing. And, and I felt privileged to be a part of that family of friendship that, that he had. And, and I, I, you know, as I was at the funeral, several of the guys that I graduated with that I went to college with were there. And I was thinking, well, I was a better friend than he was, you know, making that kind of comparison. You ever do that? Rather than just being grateful that I was part of that friendship community. That can take away our gratefulness and, and create something else in our hearts, Paul says in Romans chapter 14, 4, he says, Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. So we need to get rid of that comparing and criticizing, because comparing and criticizing get in the way of gratefulness to just accept and to enjoy and to be a part of and, and, and to realize what God has done. Another gratefulness barrier is this, wrong motivations. What, what are our motivations? What are our true motivations in our lives? Jesus says in Matthew 6, 16, he says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Who are you doing it for? Why are you doing it? And you say, well, if I go so deep, then I won't do it at all. Well, again, that's not the right motivation, isn't it? We, uh, as a staff, we, we have lunch and hang out together, and some of our guys and ministry staff have been listening to this podcast called The Rise and Rise, or no, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. And they've encouraged me to listen to it. Well, I didn't want to listen to it. It's about 16 hours. But as I'm painting, I'm listening to it because they suggested to me. And it's all about this preacher who, who, Basically, in a megachurch, went to celebrity status, and it was all about numbers. Now, numbers are souls, and I'm concerned about people coming to Christ. But this whole celebrity thing and and self-promotion, 
and servanthood don't mix. And so there's a danger there. I liked some of the things he preached. In fact, I had listened to this preacher's podcast, and I, I, and I liked some of the things. They were very biblical. But he got lost in self-promotion, in arrogance, and he lost a servant's heart. And he started using people rather than serving people. And so serving like Jesus means being available. It also means being thankful and grateful. But serving like Jesus also means being faithful. Being faithful. John 17, 4, Jesus says to God, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work. Who, who was Jesus serving? He was serving his Father, God. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, the one thing required of servants is that they be faithful. We are called to be faithful. So, so the question then becomes, how, do we, how can we be faithful? How can I, how can you be faithful? Paul answers that question in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. He says, throw yourselves into the work of the master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. Do you ever do some things for the Lord? you ever serve in ministry and you say, well, that was a waste of time? you ever feel that way? I have. But Paul comes alongside of us and says, Nothing we do, nothing God's design, nothing we do in service to our king is wasteful or empty. It is blessed. And, and real servants of God do every task as if it matters. No matter what we do, what God calls us to matters. It, it's huge in the kingdom that we serve. The Hebrew writer writes it this way in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. He will not forget how hard you've worked for him. Who do we work for? For him. And how you've shown your love to him. There will be rewards for that. Matthew 25, 21, Jesus says, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. So I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. My friend passed away in a diabetic coma. It just grieves my heart. It breaks my heart. I cried when I heard about it. He's one of those guys I wanted to spend some time with when I retire. Because he loved the Lord and, and he was just so much fun to be around. I know... I know where he is. I know that he's enjoying heaven. And if there's hunting and fishing, he's having a great time. And I know there is. There's a guy named Bob Felling in World War II. He, just before World War II, he was playing uh, Major League Baseball. He, he won 100, 101 or 103 games as a pitcher. In fact, he 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 thrown a shutout, shut off, a shutout baseball game. <laughs> how do how, am I saying it right? Nobody got a hit. But when World War II broke out, he just felt compelled to serve his country. 
to risk his life. So he gave up baseball all through World War II. And they, they think that he might have been the greatest pitcher, baseball major league pitcher that ever was. And, it, and when he came back after World War II, he won a, another 266 games and he pitched some more no-hitters. And, and, and they say that he might have been the, the greatest over, uh, underrated player that ever was in the major league baseball. And, 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 and he was asked after all that occurred, he said, do you ever regret serving your country? And he said, no. And he was a Christian. He said, I'll, I will never regret serving my country and I will never regret serving the Lord. And my question for you today is, if you don't know Jesus, there's no way possible that God is going to say to you, well done. You need to know Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life. Folks, if you're living for yourself and you're self-centered, you're not going to get the well done, good and faithful servant because it, we as fellow servants of the Lord Jesus Christ are others-centered. We are here to serve, and that is where we find fulfillment in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants to say, well done. You want to hear well done, don't you? Will you please stand and pray with me? Eternal God and Father, we are so grateful for, for your lordship, for your ability to save, and Father, for what you've done in our lives. And Father, as we contemplate how we can serve and how we can serve one another, and those that in our family, those in our workplace, those that are around us, we just pray that you will, will show us and through your Holy Spirit what we are to do and what we are to say. Father, when to stop, when to do, when, to, when, when is good enough to move on, that, Father, we might be uh, available, that we might be grateful, that we might be found faithful to you. And, Father, we just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you come this morning?